step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome in to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. The official podcast of your New Orleans Pelicans. A podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. It's time to flock up. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. As always, we appreciate you for tuning in. It is Friday, TGIF. And it is Super Bowl weekend, which means it's time for prop bets. Who doesn't like prop bets, including how many body shots? Jim Eichenhofer, NewOrleansPelicans.com is going to do every single time the show Taylor Swift. I can't wait for that, Jim Eichenhofer. What's up, buddy? I mean, I know I yeah. don't even know myself how many of that. So that's a that's a very interesting prop <laughs> but you bet. Know I just that's never over know. there in Vegas. Did you know that? Did you're part of the prop bets? I did not realize that. No. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we're all in a good mood. You can tell that, and it's probably because the last time we were talking. We were previewing and getting ready for the Pelicans taking on the Clippers. And what a game it was. This is what it sounded like on the New Orleans Pelicans radio network. McCollum drives right, cut off by Harden. Get it out long to Herb. Now up top, whip it to CJ, pop a right wing three, and that's good. So CJ McCollum, who made six threes against the Raptors, fifth in the league with three and a half makes per game beyond the arc, gives the Pels a 5-2 lead. And then Dyson Daniels just picked Kawhi Leonard's pocket in the backcourt and will lay it in. Dyson Daniels, who is first on the Pelicans team, now with 68 steals, gets the claw in the backcourt. Ingram, leave it for Trey, pop a right wing three. Splash down, Trey Murphy. 82-77, Z, powers in. And lays it in over Plumlee. He saw one layup go in, and now he's starting to get the confidence back. 11 points for Williamson. Now Harden, pop a right wing three. Yeah. 84-80. Harden still has not missed from distance. He's got five threes and five attempts. Now Williamson again to the rim. Lays it in over Plumlee. Keep doing it. Just keep feeding him. 13 for Z. Zion around defenders, throws it up, missed it, got his own rebound, lays it in and one. Zion's taking over, baby. He is starting to take over. He's got that look in his eye. And Plumley now just picked up his fifth. Rebound Herb Jones is into the ball game. Herb, left hand dribble, cross court to McCullum, chest it over to Jose, right corner three. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Z, one-on-one with Plumlee, take it right at him. Gets to the rim and one! And bye-bye, Miles, or excuse me, Mason Plumley. He just fouled out. Left-hand dribble, chest it to McCollum, down low block left, Z. Back to McCollum, left wing three. Yes, nothing but net. 
for C.J. McCollum, who has knocked his last two threes down. Pels up 102-89, 5.20 to go. C.J. left angle, pop a three. Yes! Good! Timeout, Ty Lue and the Clippers. McCollum is heated up at the right time. His fifth made three of the night, three in a row. He's got 21. Of course, you know this if you've been listening to the broadcast all year long. When CJ scores 20, the Pels are 15 and one to this point. Alvarado, we better score one more time. To Hawkins, left wing three. Yes, wow. I mean, quick on the trigger. Boston headed strip, steal Dyson. He'll drive, he will dunk. That will do it. Something tells me the graph enjoyed that for sure. Head coach Willie Green on the win. It's uh, exhilarating to see our team lock in like we did. Uh, we knew that the last time we played them on our home floor, you know, they, they dominated the game um, starting in the second quarter. And then watching the Clippers over the last you know, couple months, they've been one of the best teams in the league. So it was great to see our, all of our guys lock in from the start. Like you said, Jen, just a wire to wire, um, high game plan, discipline game. Jim, your overall thoughts on what you saw in that victory and the importance of maybe getting that win? I mean, you could definitely make a case it was the best win of the season. I think one of the things that stood out to me from the very first two or three possessions of the game defensively was the focus that New Orleans had at that end of the floor. They were forcing the Clippers to run their offense from basically 40 feet away from the basket on a bunch of different possessions. The Clippers had to work for everything. It seemed like almost all of their offense in the first half or the vast majority of it was somebody pulling up and shooting a three with somebody in their face. Uh, just the... I mean, the, they only scored 47 points in the first half. They only had 19 in the first quarter. So between some of what Herb Jones did defensively and Dyson Daniels and just the team overall, I feel like that was the number one reason that they were not only able to win that game but end up winning it by double figures. And I don't know how Graf felt, but I wasn't really that nervous. It seemed like they had control of the game. And to be able to do that against a team – that was number one in the West going into that game and hadn't lost many road games or home games re before that. It was just impressive overall. Yeah, no doubt. And Zion Williamson finished with 21 in the wire-to-wire -wire win. He had two points at halftime, his thoughts on the victory and when to turn it on. I think it's one of those kind of the odd tests and just you feel it. When you're watching the game and when you're on the court, you know when there's about to be a momentum shift. Um, you know when the opposing team is about to try to make a run. And you just got to do whatever you can to halt that and keep momentum on your side. So that, of course, not just sets up the next game, Jim, as the bigger game. We'll get to that here in a quick second, but it's time to welcome in our guest for today, Fletcher Mackle from WDSG Sports to talk everything NBA trades and Pelicans. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Time now to welcome in our guests. And you know him. We all know him. And we all love him. Mr. Fletcher Mackle from WDSU Channel 6 Sports, sir. Good morning to you, man. How are you? I'm good, Gus. And you, like, I think we're close to the same age. I don't know if I need the Mister in front of my name. Well, it's, well, you know, we had Les East on earlier in the week, and I saw he's an author. You know, he had written a book, so he's you know author Les East now. So I mean, you know, I just trying to make sure that we give you the proper respect. You know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> cordial trade, is better than trade machine but... expert. I mean, we could always do something like that. Well, that's not bad either. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, Fletcher, if it's okay with you, maybe I'll, I'll call you sir. Is that also offensive to you at this <laughs> stage it. in life? Yeah, all of that. Like, I think it's crazy. We had somebody that started at work and she was like, yes, sir. I'm like, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? <laughs> like, I go, I, I understand you're just being courteous, like, like courteous and nice. Yeah. But still, I yeah. was like, all this star and mister. I'm like, whoa, that's, you know. Yeah. Right. Wait, wait to start like, uh, you know, like you go pick up your kid at school and they look at you like that and go, mister, or, or like the dad and all that. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, that's true. I am 48. You know, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so I'm not used to that as well, man. Um, but we got a lot to talk about. And I guess some of what not to talk about is, or or some of the things to talk about is what not to talk about. Were you surprised that the Pelicans didn't make moves yesterday at the trade deadline? I don't know if I would say surprised. I, I certainly think that I, I probably could have gone either way because I think this team has gone either way. I mean, we've seen, look, they just beat the Clippers in probably their best game of the season. That to me says we can beat anybody. We can compete with anybody. The West is rough and tough, but we're right there and, and, and could maybe win this thing. You know why? If the Clippers are the best, why can't we be the best? So I, I thought maybe they'll do something to so to use that term, step on the gas, so to say. But the one thing I've learned about David Griffin and Trajan Langdon, I think it's a great thing, is that they don't feel pressure to make moves just to make moves. That I think some organizations make moves just to make moves, to appease their stars or to create this narrative of, look what we're doing. I, I think the Lakers have done that in years. And and so I, I think that making the smart right moves at the right time is one thing that is a credit to, to Griff in Trajan since they got here in 2019. Um, so again, I don't know how to answer that. I wouldn't say I'm surprised they stood pat, but I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of, I hate to give you a non-answer answer, but I'm not surprised either way. I kind of had prepared myself that I could see them wanting to see more of this big three, wanting to see more of, you know, the players that we've seen like Trey and Herb in in Larry getting healthy, you know, what this team is, you know, in the playoffs, we haven't seen that yet. What they can do as is 
I, I certainly understand that mindset. I, I would have understood the mindset if they would have said, we need an upgrade. The deal with Atlanta or another deal out there works for us. And we feel like there's a ceiling with this team and we can go further in the playoffs if we make this move. So I, I think both paths I would have completely understood and neither would have surprised me. So to answer your question in a very rambling, long-winded way, <laughs> no, I am not surprised they stood pat. Fletcher, from your either from your perspective or your your the sense that you get from the fan base, do you feel like there's maybe a, almost like a little bit of a sense of relief to some extent in terms of the attachment that the city has to this group of players that none of the guys that people, you know, love were were dealt yesterday that, you know, that you still have kind of the same group of players, the same core back. Sure. And I think that's the one thing that's great about our fan base here is the connection to the teams. And I'll incorporate the Saints and the Pelicans and in kind of the sentimentality that they have. It's not just a cold blooded profession. It's something deeper here. These teams are woven into the fabric of these communities. So when you see players that have really bought in, and I always say this, that I tell people all the time, what David Griffin and Trajan and Swin and this leadership group has built since they got here is tangible. You've got players who want to be here, who care, who love the city, who, who want to do something special with this organization. And that wasn't always the case. So I think that that, belief in that feel and that love resonates to the fans. So I know Herb Jones's name was thrown around yesterday. I do think it would have stung the fan base a little bit, so to say, if he was a player that would have been incorporated in any type of deal. Same with Jonas. I mean, look, if you don't love Jonas, there's something wrong with you. I mean, the guy is just yeah. a warrior who everybody loves, who does things the right way, who acts the right way. And so I certainly think there's that connection that these fans feel to those guys of why can't we win with our guys doing it the right way? Now, that being said, I, I put a tweet up yesterday because I do think there is sometimes an overwhelming sense of don't trade this guy. Right. And sometimes I think people get lost in that is that it's still a profession at the end of the day, winning games and potentially having a championship is the most important thing. Two years ago yesterday, CJ and Larry were traded to New Orleans. A lot of us had gotten wind, you know, Portland had gone sideways. Some of us had gotten wind that CJ was a target for the Pelicans. So starting in December, I started putting up CJ McCollum trade ideas. And I loved CJ at Lehigh. I was an AP college basketball voter for a long time. I had him on my All-American team. He was like a one-man wrecking ball at Lehigh. Mm -hmm. And I was a champion of CJ in that deal for months. And the backlash that I got on Twitter, <laughs> uh, you can't trade Josh Hart. He, this team is special. What they yeah. built here. Right. I, I even posted some of the comments. I mean, the blowback that I got about wanting C.J. McCollum and moving off of Josh Hart and Nikhil or any other young player. Man, oh man, it was venom. Mm -hmm. But now I think people understand, boy, you know what? That was probably a good deal. And so that's kind of where I try to take a more professional approach than to get hung up on just the sentimentality of we like these guys and, and understand that at the end of the day, it is a business. So look, 
if this team wins a championship this year, maybe they stay together. But if they don't, I think there's a chance we're going to be revisiting some of these deals in the summer and some of these names could pop up again. And in, in they may not all be here, you know, come the start of the 24-25 season. Yeah, I bring this up a lot of times to Jim and Graf. I, and I'm sure you'd agree with me, Fletcher. We probably talked about it on the talk show. I, I'll take any day, all of a sudden there being hundreds, if not thousands of general managers and head coaches when it comes to Pelicans basketball, like there is for the Saints, than say 10 years ago, five years ago, right, Fletcher, when there was apathy and, and he, he sell the team, go ahead and send them now. I love it now where based off of a win or loss, our show, your comments, this podcast, it's Willie Green can't coach or he can. This guy's good. Trade that guy. Trade Zion. He's great. I love that. So it does kind of give you a sense of how this city has become more of a basketball town, hasn't it? Yeah, no. And look, I think that you've got a whole generation. I mean, look, I started working here at WDSU in 2002, the summer that the NBA relocated back here, to right. New Orleans. And, and I think that you've got an entire generation of fans that have now grown up with this team. That mm -hmm. Look, it, it's one of those things. We all grew up. I was born into the Saints. I mean, the Saints were in existence before I was born. So my earliest memories were black and gold, the Saints helmets, the Archie jersey and stuff like that. And so for this generation, I'm not saying they're not Saints fans because they are. And we have sure. a look, the Deep South is football hardcore. Everybody speaks a language called hut hut. But I do think you've got 20 years now right. of kids. I mean, you've got more than a decade of the Pelicans since they went from the Hornets to the Pelicans. I mean, that's a long time for people to become, you know, committed and ingrained, even if their parents aren't diehard Pelicans fans. There's a whole bunch of 20 somethings that grew up with the NBA and, and love it and care about it in New Orleans, I think. Yeah, it took a little time, like a lot of things here, but I think that this place has become far more of a basketball city than it ever was. Yeah, I agree. I mean, those are a lot of really good points. I think all it takes really is just to walk around the city one day and you see so many people, so many more people, like you said, Fletcher, maybe teenagers, people in their 20s with Pelicans gear. It's yeah, no, just a very, very noticeable thing, especially compared to when I first moved here, which was 2007, when the team came back after Katrina. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, you know, going back to the trade deadline and what happened yesterday, obviously the Pelicans didn't didn't make any moves. The team that they're playing tonight, the Lakers also pretty much stood pat and didn't do anything. I was wondering, you know, there weren't a ton of major moves yesterday, even across the Western Conference. But among the teams that did make moves, I mean, what was your um, who do you think improved the most? I mean, you have teams like OKC added Gordon Hayward, Phoenix added Royce O'Neal, Dallas Gafford and PJ Washington, Minnesota, Monte Morris. Who who do you think you know among, among the teams that the Pelicans are competing against did the best or did the most to to get better yesterday? So let me start off by saying, thankfully, the team that I think got the best, and it's not just yesterday. I would say it's the trades they've made this season. I, I love what the New York Knicks did. Yeah. I mean, I still mm. think Boston is the beast of the East, but man, oh man, I, I look, I love Tibbs. And, and, and Darren Ehrman, who used to be here as a Pelicans associate head coach, is now on his staff. But I look at, at the Knicks, and I just think from getting OG, and I know he's going to miss some time with the elbow surgery, but he's going to be back for the playoffs. I mean, adding the guys that they did yesterday by getting Bogdanovich, I mean, I, I just look at the culture they have, how they play, 
I would not overlook the New York Knicks and the Big Apple going nuts for an Eastern Conference Finals or a potential Finals appearance because I think mm-hmm. what they've done and how they've done it, I mean, it is, to me, people really have to start talking about the Knicks. But, Jim, to your point, the three teams you mentioned, look, I, I was at that Oklahoma City game on that Friday night. They're a little earlier than expected on what they are, but wow, are they well coached and they play great. And mm-hmm. I mean, you've got, I mean, when you talk about synergy, a player like Gordon Hayward who can step right into a bunch of roles, whether you start him or bring him off the bench. I mean, he is a veteran that to me, Oklahoma City was already a dangerous team because they're just talented and well coached, even though they're crazy young. But you had a, a, a know-how, been-there veteran like Gordon Hayward, and it makes their ceiling just that much higher. Look, Luka is is awesome. I mean, I think Luka is going to finish in the top three. I think, speaking of Oklahoma City, SGA, I think, would probably win the MVP right now, just mm-hmm. my personal opinion. Um, but I, I certainly think Luka in Dallas, and that's one of those teams I talked about feeling like they have to make moves now. Like they're one of those we're all in right now because Luca is obviously in his prime and he's an MVP candidate. But I think the moves they made really helped them out. Like I, I really liked Washington in, in Charlotte for a while. I think I probably even mocked him to new Orleans in some mm-hmm. trades once upon a time. <laughs> and, uh, and to get Gafford too. I mean, I, I certainly think like they helped themselves and then look, Phoenix was already good, but to add, I like Royce O'Neal when he was with Utah and, and, and to add a, a quality veteran like that, that, that to me is a team that's already dangerous because of the offensive firepower they have. And you add kind of a three and D guy like that. Those teams are already good. I, I mean, look, Phoenix and, and OKC to me were already going to finish in the top four. The Mavericks were kind of one of those bubble teams. Are they going to get clear of the play-in? Are they going to get to five or six? I, I mean, I certainly look at the Mavericks now and the moves they've made and say – you know, that, that they got better last year. I, I wasn't sure, you know, making the Kyrie move, you know, how is it going to work? And it, it, it blew up in their face, but they found mm-hmm. some synergy this year and figure out how to make it work. So I, I certainly like the, the three moves that the Western conference teams that you mentioned, Jim made, but the Knicks overall to me are the ones that I would be paying close attention to Minnesota. Look, I like Chris Finch. I liked him when he was here, he came in with the whole do it big deal. And, in Boogie and AD and, and, and I loved what he was doing when he was here. I think he's a really accomplished coach and I'm glad he's getting a chance, but Minnesota is one of those teams like the Pelicans. When they prove something to me, I'll probably believe in them a little bit more of having a high ceiling. I get, look, I understand sure. Edwards is a stud and, and, and Carl Anthony Towns has kind of finally found a role and go bears having a much better year than last year. But I still, and, and look, I, I don't mean this as an indictment on the Pelicans, when the Pelicans do something, I think we see it. And look, a lot of these national guys, Perkins was saying it. Um, Richard Jefferson was saying it. Um, I watched Tim Legler after the game saying it. This team could be a really great team that could make a run to the Western Conference Finals or the Finals. Or they could be out in a play-in. Until they prove it to me, I, right. I, I just don't know how hard I... And, and Minnesota's kind of in that category to me right now, too. Even with the move they made, I, I just don't know how how far they can go just yet. But again, it also says a lot about the Western Conference and how stacked and insanely difficult it is. Yeah, you know, Fletcher, honestly, I think that's very fair assessment to kind of say to some of the teams that haven't really proven anything in terms of a deep playoff run that it's 
it's time to show it first before we can totally buy in. So that's uh, it, like I said, that's a fair evaluation of the situation. Um, you, you just talked about some of the teams in the West. I, I'm curious, who do you think is the favorite right now? I mean, we have a really tight, interesting race for the one seed. A couple of those teams are teams that are young and, like I said, haven't gone deep in the playoffs yet. So this will be a new experience for them just being in, you know, in a, in a best of seven. But who who do you think, who is the team to beat right now in the Western Conference? Uh, the Clippers. If, if they're healthy, if they're healthy, the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Now that, look, again, uh, that doesn't mean they, they like the Pelicans. I mean, Kawhi's had some injury-plagued seasons. Paul George's had some injury-plagued seasons. James Harden hasn't always been in shape, and he's had some injury-plagued seasons. You know, he was on one leg in Brooklyn during that playoff series a couple of years ago. Um, but my personal opinion, and again, I mean, I could make an argument, I feel like, for Minnesota, for the Thunder. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I could just, like, what I just Denver? feel like... Yeah, I mean, look, I keep thinking, like, how could I not have Denver in there? <laughs> They're the defending champs. They've got the MVP. All they yeah. do is steamroll people. But again, I just feel like, okay, I know, I just know they're going to be there. Okay. Right. Like, that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, I just, I think I'm almost taking them for granted that they're there and they're going to be there. Because look, again, Mike Malone's a great coach. Jokic is, I mean, one of one and he's amazing. Um, but I, I just look at it and, and, and I'll say this that game, on Friday night here, where I use the word synergy, you know, I mean, when Jokic is making no look over his head behind the yeah. back passes to Aaron Gordon, that's a team that's played together, that's been there, that's done that, that knows who and what they are, that has an identity and, and has played and won at the highest level. All that being said, I, I've always thought Ty Lue, since his days in Cleveland, is a really, really good coach. And, and I just look at those this team and I say, okay, if they are full strength and, and 100% healthy, I mean, with Norm Powell's coming off the bench, I mean, like, it's just tight stuff. I mean, like, what they can throw at you and how they can do it, they can play, you know, they can play big, they can play small, they've got shooters, you know, they got, like, long defenders that can suffocate you. I just looked at them and say, right now, if they're healthy, I think the Clippers, but certainly Denver is the defending champs in there right there. And then all the teams that I kind of said, Minnesota's having this great year. Oklahoma City has exceeded expectations. The Suns are just insanely talented. The Mavericks have Luka. I mean, a couple of years ago, they were in the Western Conference Finals. And and I do like their team now. And so, uh, like I said, I could probably make an argument for a whole bunch of teams. But my pick right now is the best team in the West is the Clippers, if they are fully healthy. Clippers definitely have the most guys with with a ton of stuff on their resume as far as guys that are headed to the Hall of Fame and players that have accomplished a ton throughout their career. What were your some of your takeaways from Wednesday though in terms of the Pelicans being able to beat them and pretty much, you know, wire to wire do a good job defensively? What did what, what was your reaction to to the outcome of that game? Well, one, I thought it was probably their best win of the season. Now, look, I don't want to be cuz I saw there's always, you know, there's always the blowback the Clippers did come off a long East coast road trip and, and Paul George played one of his worst games of the season. It doesn't matter. Let's give the Pelicans credit that mm-hmm. they had a good game plan. That was one of Willie's best, the way he operated his rotations, like how he played a kind of a chess match, you know, based on what Ty Lu did. I, I just felt like it was, he, he put them 
to the test and they didn't answer. And I felt like here, it was just the opposite. When the Clippers came here, it was Ty Lue out coaching Willie and he had Willie on his heels and he never made the, a lot of the right decisions. It just seemed like everything Ty Lue did worked here and Willie was on his heels all night. It was just the opposite in LA. Everything Willie did, I mean, look, right when, when guys got hot, he rode Trey and it was like, you know, I, I just looked at everything he did. The substitutions were fine. I mean, when he stayed small, it worked for him. And it, it, even when the Clippers tried to go big and counter it, it was, again, just a lot of the things he did and how he did it. I thought that was probably Willie's best game from a coaching standpoint against another coach with some really, you know, good players as well. And then you're right. I just, I, I don't know. I just thought putting the ball in Zion's hands and letting him facilitate more. I, I hope that's something we continue to see more of mm -hmm. is, is point Zion. Cause it certainly looks like it works. Um, CJ, we keep talking about what he's done this year, how he's evolved a little bit, shooting more threes, you know, a new role. I mean, I felt like that was what CJ did the other night is kind of that secondary creator off the ball guard was where he always excelled off of Dame Lillard in Portland and, and look, they went to a Western Conference Finals and seven straight trips to the playoffs. And that was, to me, CJ in the role that he's going to have to play if this team's going to go far. And so uh, I thought Larry played a good game. Uh, I mean, Dyson, just look, I can't say enough good things about what they what they did the other night. And that's why I think people look at it and say, man, oh, man, Trey Murphy hitting shots from like Redondo Beach. You know, <laughs> to me, that was one of those things where it's like, I see why when the national people see that and go, boy. They, they got shooting. They got defense with guys like Herb and Dyson. They got like scrappy little energy guys like 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 Jose. Like Larry is this bouncy small big that can, you know, switch on everybody. I mean, I Zion is the, you know, this this facilitator. I mean, like those those bigs, he had them on skates just bullying them to the rim when it was okay. I'm either gonna kick it to a shooter who's hot or I'm just going to take it to the rim myself and they just don't have an answer for it. Like the, the, if they go small, I'll bully them. And if they go big, I'll run around them. So uh, again, there was just a lot to like, but it gets back to what I said, Jim. And I think it's fair. And I appreciate you saying that is, can they do this consistently at right. the highest level and in the playoffs? Last thing for me, um, you know, the way the NBA does the schedule, a lot of teams play consecutive games in Los Angeles against the Clippers and the Lakers, but there aren't a lot of teams that win both of those games when they have the opportunity to, you know, beat the Clippers and then beat the Lakers. Um, what are you looking forward to in this game tonight against the Lakers in, in terms of um, the significance of this game and, and just the matchup against the Lakers? Yeah, and look, I, I we talked about the West, and I didn't say that the word Lakers one time. And yet last yeah. year they were everybody wrote them off, and because they've got the greatest player of a generation, they they are in the Western Conference Finals. Now they got their you know it, the it, the rubber met the road, so to say, when they got an elite team like Denver. But mm -hmm. nonetheless, that's one of those been there, done that teams. Like LeBron is the greatest player since. You know, Jordan, Kobe, now LeBron. To me, those are like, if we go back 40 years, that that's it, or 30-plus years. Mm -hmm. And so they are always dangerous, even though I don't look at them and say, top to bottom, they are this complete elite team that they used to be. I mean, look, we know what Anthony Davis is, and, 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 and we know what LeBron is, certainly, and it's just a remarkable what he's doing at 40 years old, the, the, the usage rate and the amount of minutes. And, and they do have, 
a good team, even though they haven't put it together on any given night. Like Reeves can beat you. LeBron and AD didn't play and Reeves went off. So they are a dangerous team. So what I would like to see is what I alluded to earlier, a consistent effort or a consistent performance like we saw against the Clippers. So even if it's not quite as exceptional as that, not a, oh no, like, you know, Zion had more turnovers than assists or Trey was, you know, two of eight from three or one of eight from, you know what I mean? Just kind mm-hmm. of the, the letdown game where we can't duplicate even defensive energy. I mean, Zion was hustling his butt off against the Clippers. Yeah, All those point. guys were locked in defensively. I would like to see a similar type performance in a similar type effort against against the Lakers that we saw against the Clippers. And if I could say one more thing about the Lakers and just the West, this is the thing last year that I told you, or that I was alluding to Jim earlier about like Minnesota and new Orleans and even Oklahoma city. Cause they're young is I remember the Kings last year were a great story. And we haven't mm-hmm. even talked about the Kings. I mean, the Kings are a good team still this year, you know still, what I yeah. mean? And so, but they finished third last year. First time making the playoffs in like 17 years since Peja was playing for him, which seems like, right. you know, uh, like infinity ago. Um, but here's the thing. They got into the playoffs and I don't think Golden State was great, but it was like a 6-3 matchup, if I recall. Mm-hmm. And, and Golden State ended up, Golden State ended up beating them because it, there's a lot of know-how been there, done that for the newbie team versus the one that was the generational dynasty team. And so that's kind of how I look at the Pelicans a little bit is, yeah, I think they're good. I think they're going to get clear of the play in and probably finish four or five or six. But I would like to see them, you know, not be the Kings in the first round if they get, you know, uh, like into the to the playoffs and clear of the play in. I, I, I would like to see something more than we saw from the Kings, even though the Kings took, you know, the Warriors to seven. I, I still think the Kings were better, but the Warriors kind of the the veteran moxie and know how. And their guys kind of rising up yeah. at the big moment. Yeah, no, no doubt. And you can just hope. Uh, and closing up here with Fletcher Mackle from WDSC Sports is you know, the last time he was here too. Zion talked about going out to this West Coast trip. Fletcher saying he remembered the beating the Clippers gave him, and he still remembers Vegas and those Lakers. So hopefully this team's locked in for tonight. Because last night I'm watching that game, and you know, to your point, experience Denver closed out on a 10-0 run to come back and beat the Lakers late in that game. So hopefully that tough battle on national TV like they had last night affects their legs a bit. But I just want to see this Pels team show up and try to take care of some business tonight. Now that's how I look at it. Yeah, I and look, I agree with you because, again, to me, that's the thing. I, I think the Pelicans top to bottom are probably a better team than the Lakers. And again, nobody has LeBron, but if you go Willie's rotation, let's just call it 1-8 to eight or 1-10, to 10, versus what the Lakers can throw at you yeah. one to eight or one to 10 with Darvin Ham's going to roll out there. I think Willie's a better coach than Darvin Ham. I think that they, you know, but again, on any given night, the been there, done that LeBron factor. Oh yeah. They could get, they could get, you're right. After the emotional Kobe night, which was amazing in the statue yesterday, and then a tough loss, they could lose by 30 or they could come out and win by 20. I just, yeah. they're one of those. I don't <laughs> yep. know but they do have a lot of, of veteran presence and experience. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things. The start of the game is going to be very key. Fletcher Mackle, you can give a follow over there on X at Fletcher WDSU. 
Fletcher, why don't you tell everybody on Sunday nights, man, you guys have started a couple months ago, a Sunday show as well, and you've got a lot to get into here over the next couple of months. We do, yes. We have a Sunday show, 11 p.m. every Sunday night on WDSU Game On. And, uh, yeah, it's been, you, you know, there's no off season, even though we don't have every major professional sport, right. you know, football and basketball keep us pretty busy. And, uh, and so, yeah, so we'll be talking a lot about the Saints off season and obviously a ton about the Pelicans is we get right into the thick of a, uh, an intense playoff race here. Thank you, man. Appreciate the time, bud. All right. Thanks, Jim and Gus. Our thanks to Fletcher Mackle. Uh, we probably could have done that for another we probably could have done that for another 30 minutes. No doubt about that. No doubt. I mean, he you get him the day after the trade deadline. I feel like you're going to be on for a long time with Fletcher. Sure. If we gotten him the day before the trade deadline, we might have had to carve out a whole afternoon. Yeah, no doubt. That's for sure. But it is time for Friday, which means it's time for a trending number, and it has something to do with tonight's game against your favorite team, the Lakers. Yes, I just have such a love affair, mm. a lifelong you know, I cherish my relationship. You look with the good purple in purple and gold. And gold. Yes, look at you. <laughs> How dare <Yeah>. you? <laughs> uh, you know, the, the trending, the trending number is twenty four point four, and that is the career scoring average of Brandon Ingram against his favorite team in the West, the, the L.A. Lakers. Um, he's had some huge games against them. I feel like he probably does have a little bit of extra motivation against the Lakers based on the fact that obviously he was part of the trade in 2019. And I've said this for quite a while, not just after that that trade that we all remember from five years ago. There's a group of former Lakers players. Larry Nance is among that group. Julius Randle, Jordan Clarkson, obviously Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball as well, who also played here in New Orleans. They kind of were like placeholders for the Lakers in terms of it seemed like for – most of the time that those guys were there, the Lakers franchise kind of had the attitude of like, oh, you know, it's cool that we drafted these guys and, you know, they're pretty good. But wait, you know, we're just waiting for a star. And that's kind of the way it unfolded mm. where they were just kind of, I, I can see. And this is me talking. This isn't anything I've heard from Brandon Ingram or any of the other players that I no, mentioned. That's not true. He texted you this. <laughs> but I uh, I could see how there would be resentment towards them mm. because, as I said, that they were just kind of like. You're just filling a spot until we find someone better. And it's funny how the the vast majority of those guys, the five guys that I listed, as well as a few other people that we don't have time to get into, that group of players has done so well in their their you know future stops across the NBA. Um, Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year. It's just D'Angelo Russell as well, who's actually, as fate would have it, is back with the Lakers for a second tenure there. Um, but anyways, the point is that Brandon Ingram – has done extremely well against the Lakers, and that's been a big reason why when the Pelicans have beaten L.A. Uh, two seasons ago, they went 3-0 and against them and were able to basically knock them out of the play-in tournament race. When the Pelicans have success, it's been because of Brandon Ingram. Um, his second-best scoring average career against any team in the West is Houston at 22.6. So, I mean, it's not even really that close in terms of his how much more points per game he's averaged against the Lakers than all the other teams in the West that he's played against a lot throughout his career. So interested to see how he does. I think that's one big factor in the game tonight. And obviously, as we record this, Zion Williamson is questionable. Jonas Valanciunas is also questionable, as is Najee Marshall. So if some combination of those three guys doesn't play, that means there's even more incremental importance on Brandon Ingram having a big game tonight against the Lakers. I got a trending number for you. Okay, let's hear it. Five. That's how many free throws LeBron shot last night mm. at home. 
against Denver in the loss. In the game that they battled really hard, look, Anthony Davis had 32 points. LeBron finished with 25. They lose 114-106 thanks to Denver closing out on a 10-0 run. So mm-hmm. I, I'm curious how it felt like a playoff game watching that game. Sure. You know, I had to keep mm-hmm. my eyelids taped open. But um, <laughs> you you did get that sense. So that that's a hard-fought game, battle game. They come up short in. Can AD produce another 30-point game? But I look at five free throws from LeBron at home. You you know that didn't go over very well. AD only went six times. But the reason I bring that up, Jim, is because um, Denver had seven. Total. As a team. Free throws. So I I guess what I'm saying is it it was officiated kind of like a playoff game, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Like Mm -hmm. LeBron didn't live at the line. AD didn't live at the line. But the Nuggets did have seven. Free throws. So I, I'm not expecting a lot of free throws for the Pels tonight. I'm expecting a few more. And here's the other thing, too, is another trending number. Nine. He was nine of 20, LeBron, last from night. From the field. From the field. Yeah. So mm. yeah, yeah. I, I think when you start looking at that, it's going to be interesting how it's officiated. The start, something tells me because of that game like night, if LeBron does play and there's no expectation he's not that I know of just yet, as right. of, you know, 10 something in the morning. Mm-hmm. I, I got he probably is going to want to get off, you know, and, and, and get started quickly, make sure that this is a win and bounce back win. So uh, I think that first quarter for me is going to be real. You know, so one is another trending number for me as in first quarters. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, before I forget, too, I should point out that based on the way that the NBA rules are in terms of the injury report, you have to the Lakers deadline for submitting their injury list. So maybe we will get an update. Maybe we won't is one o'clock local time. And that means three o'clock central. So it's possible we'll hear something in the middle of the afternoon, maybe, but your point about free throws, that's actually one of the fan duel keys to the game that I mentioned today. Pelicans coming off a great defensive performance against Clippers. Lakers are sixth in the league in free throw attempts per game at Mm 24.5. They're third in the league in paint points per game at 54.9. But going back to the free throw part of it, um, I think the Pelicans have done a, a good job in that area of the of the game as well to to limit free throws. Um, but it's definitely something that's interesting to follow. And it's actually, you know, you say, okay, sixth, they're in the top tier of that league. Last year they were number one and it wasn't even close. So they've actually dropped off quite a bit, the Lakers, in terms of free throw attempts per game. I think some of that is the personnel changes that they've had and some of the guys that have been in and out of the lineup that um, – and, and I don't think Reeves, too, has gotten as many calls this year as he did last year when he first came onto the scene. It feels like the referees, to some extent, you know, I watched the Lakers a good amount, mm-hmm. um, have caught on to some of the little tricks and shenanigans that he does where he jumps into guys. <laughs> and he, it doesn't seem like he's getting He got some as calls against calls. the Pels here in New Orleans on New Year's I'm not Year's saying it's every game. Yeah, but, no, no, no doubt. Uh, yeah. I, I text the graph earlier this morning. He's already pacing, and he and this was one of the things to look for tonight. So sure. I, I'm just reading my my text messages from him. Um, by the way, it is remarkable because we're talking about elite defense that the Lakers have. Jamal Murray, you might have heard of him, point guard for the for the Nuggets. Yes, he took the most shots last night, 25. So he mm. was 12 of 25, and a nice night. Uh, five and nine from three. He had the most points uh, of the Nuggets, 29. Led the team in scoring. Jim, how many free throw attempts did he have? I'm going to say he had two. Zero. Mm, interesting. Zero. Led, led the team in scoring. Hmm. Didn't get to the free throw Shot line. the ball the most hmm. 25 times, and not a single hmm. time during that time 
He got fouled as an and one. So I'm only going with the shots he actually took. Right, right. Not saying, you know, as he was dribbling or bringing mm. the ball up the court. Well, it's pretty remarkable. I, that is interesting. <laughs> the one thing I will say, I got to give Jamal Murray credit yeah. because if you remember in the Western Conference Finals last year, he was amazing as well. So for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the way that the Lakers strategize defensively against Denver, but it just seems like he has huge games over and over again against the Lakers. And that's a big reason that I believe I heard them say last night that that was the seventh straight win that Denver has had over the Lakers, which I'm guessing includes the uh, 4-0 sweep in the conference finals as well. Yeah, there you go. So we'll see what takes place tonight. I'm, I'm sure you cannot wait to see what takes place over in LA. I'm looking forward to the game. I mean, this is, this should be uh this should be fun. If they can pull this off and get this win and start 2-0 and on this road trip, I, I know tomorrow's a back-to-back. I get it, and I'm not discounting it. Right. I'm not, Portland's beating some good teams. I, mm-hmm. and, and look, they, they blew it last night, you know, in OT per, per the graph. They, they could have done that. Mm-hmm. Point is, though, because you mentioned it when you were talking with Fletcher, we'll wrap up here. It's not easy. Even though the team's been there a couple of days, it's not easy to beat those teams back-to-back. The Clippers were the top team in the West when you faced them. The Lakers are coming off of a loss. They need every law, every win right sure. now. Every game you, right now is important. Utah and Golden State are right and, on top and, of them. And look, they mm-hmm. didn't do anything in the trade deadline. So the, you know there's a, that angst sort of building already. And if they lose tonight, I can hear screaming A. I can see the locker room questions from LeBron. Should you have mm-hmm. made it? I'm waiting for the emoji. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to happen. Right. The Monday we could be talking, or next Wednesday we could be talking about what emoji LeBron is. Mm-hmm. The point is, they need this game tonight. And if the Pels can get this game, it really helps that little separation that we keep talking about. You want to keep L.A., as below you as possible with as many games to go now down to, what, 32, 31, something like that? 31, yep. 31. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. smaller and smaller. So tonight is big, man. You know, I think what you just talked about, too, is another really interesting thing to watch tonight in terms of the body language and the way that the Lakers come into this game. Are they going to approach it like the in-season tournament game where they were out for blood and they mm-hmm. were out to destroy whoever was in their way? Or is it going to be kind of more of, okay, this is the 50-something game of the regular season and we're just trying to get to the all-star break and not not a super high-intense game? But like you said, I think we probably would be reasonably smart to expect more of the first trait that I mentioned in terms of they come out there and they really need to win this game and they know that Utah and Golden State are only one game behind them. And, I mean, it's not just for playing tournament seeding at this point. It's also, I mean, Golden State's in 11th place. You get bumped down to 11th and you're not even in the postseason. So, like you said, Gus, the level of how much urgency and the way that they need to approach every game, I think it's it's pretty obvious at this point. And it's not we're not at the yeah. crunch time of the regular season, but we're getting pretty close. I'm not laughing at you. Just the graph is literally see still texting. Yeah. Oh boy, 36 minutes. Not, not <laughs> perfect footwork on defense by the Lakers, and 36 minutes of not not once crossed over, not once somebody <laughs> reached in on Jamal Murray. Not not a single time that guy got fouled. I'm just happy they Never. lost. I'm just happy they lost. I'm going to go with that. Tell Graph the same thing. No, just I'm be with, happy they no, lost. I'm the game. with you, but it's just <laughs> I'm just letting you know what. 
what 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 we need to prepare for at right. 9.30 when we go to him. I just yep. It's going to be a long couple of hours until we get there. But anyway, thanks, Jim, as always. Please try not to get arrested, behave yourself, wind up on some sort of website, and um, <laughs> more importantly, just make it through Mardi Gras weekend because our next podcast won't be until next Wednesday. That's right. I've got a lot of time on my hands here with no podcast <laughs> until Wednesday. I've got some uh, extra days to get myself in yeah. trouble and try to stay off some of the websites that you talked about. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I feel pretty good. And I, I feel like, um, you know, I will be busy because the team plays Friday, Saturday, Monday. So we do have a lot going on and we have a lot in the radio studio. Uh, but yeah, we won't be back until Wednesday and then we'll be taking a break after that for the all-star break. But Looking forward to yeah, it. Jim just said that for his bosses. If you could see it right now, there's a backpack next to him. He's got that really cool kind of hard hat with the two, you know, places for cups with the straws <laughs> coming to you. Go, you're going that's straight. My trademark. To, you're that's going my Mardi Gras parade route that's from here. Staple you're of not Mardi Gras. Going home. Be honest. Right. Right. Yeah. The, what time did you say the game is? I, I need to be. Yeah. I need to wrap up at the parade by like eight forty-five or so, and then, <laughs> so and then get I'll started. get started. Yeah, I'll go right back yeah. into work mode. No problem. Love your Gus. professionalism. I really do. That's Jim Eichenhofer. Give him a follow. Pelicans.com. And of course, Jim underscore Eichenhofer. I'm Gus Cattingale. Please have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Hard to believe that we won't talk to you again until after Mardi Gras season has come to an end. Enjoy your king cake. Be safe. And we'll see you right back here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Join us three times per week on Pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, or where you get your podcast. And be sure to give Jim and Gus a follow on X at Jim underscore Eichenhofer and GCAT underscore 17. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.